1: My absolute favorite time of the week, Audrey. Not just Friday, but it's Friday at 7 o'clock,
2: which means to start of Tech Vibe Radio where we get to
1: sit back, stretch out, and talk to great companies, great men, great women who are just really kicking butt these days. Yeah, like it's, like an honor. Like it's like an it's honor. It like... is
3: an honor. I have I said that after my 10-year anniversary. Exactly. I said, I really believe that it's a, it's an honor to do this work.
1: It is. It is. So I could, Even
3: though you're a pain in my rear end.
1: I'm a total pain in your I rear end.
3: I totally think this is an honor to do this I work. I
1: agree. You know, pain is part of the process, right? <laughs> you
3: are <a> pain. <laughs> you are a pain. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, it's like... Th- the work is it, it's so interesting we're in our 35th year right i've had an incredible amount of time to meet still people who were still founding just recently i met someone who was participated in the tech council at the onset and it's so fascinating to I think here i know that guy what their right. vision was and what they really thought the problems were and how they how they really had the right questions that were are being asked and trying to huh. form the right experiments. Okay. But the issues are the same.
1: And they're the same everywhere you go.
3: They are in many ways. Yeah. The question is what's the trick and how do you balance all the variables? Right. Yeah. Let you us know. know. <laughs> the more that we, the more that we become more articulate about what it is that's happening in a particular city or in a particular region, you know, the more there's this proliferation of information that gets democratized. So any everyone's got an opinion Absolutely. and everyone can right. post it. They can tweet it. They can figure it out. They got an opinion, you know, and sometimes we say, okay, that's interesting. That's fascinating. And people ride the coattails. But then there's this, you know, this educated school of thought about economic development, people, processes, technology, education, and, you know, some people think there's, like, a thought-out way to try to do that work. Right. <clears throat> Excuse but me. But it,
1: it, it's coming down to people. Though.
3: But it really all comes down to people. And exactly. it really all comes down to a, an array of people. And so we live in this world where, the you know, the tensions proliferate. The tensions proliferate around right. diversity, mm-hmm. around what does it mean to be inclusive? What does it mean to have biases? How does that impact the world? or politics, you know, you take all those kind of complexities and you say— Okay, so what does that mean for Pittsburgh? Let's just sort of boil it down. We can get all the way up and you know into the atmosphere, but let's just boil it down. We still in Pittsburgh, and in you know because of the complexity of the of the, of the layout of Pittsburgh, because there's boroughs and there's townships and all these things. But let's just say City southwestern or Pennsylvania, or southwestern which includes PA. the metro area, area. Of Pittsburgh, includes
1: Allegheny County. Right. Right. That we
3: still are flat. We're still flat in our population growth.
1: But we were losing at one point, right?
3: Well, we've been... I'm being polite. Okay. I'm being polite. I'm trying not to be that negative, and I'm trying to be polite. No,
1: keep being polite. I like that. And
3: we have an aging population that's pretty strong. And um, but so do many other cities. Right. You know, you take Miami, you take um, Nashville, you take places where there are a lot of retirees that are going, or people who are aging in place. Those cities are are growing. Those cities are growing. Nashville's growing ninety two people a day, so they're, they're growing.
1: What does Pittsburgh grow a day?
3: Pittsburgh's right now minus, at a minus. Minus. Right. Two they're or at a like minus. That. Right. So there's more. There's people moving in here more than before. But it is not enough to replenish the people who are dying and the people who are not staying.
1: Who are not staying. Okay. Interesting.
3: So, but we're on, but we have the most employment than we've ever had before. I know. We've had the most employment even compared to the times when people were working in the steel mills. Okay? So it's a complicated analysis. But what's the most simple piece of it? is that we actually still do need more people because, as we hear from many of our guests, and we have a front-row seat, Bombardier moves into Pittsburgh, and you know, they're not going to be sitting yeah. out in West Mifflin Phillips anymore. Does Phillips does the same does thing. The same right. thing. Exactly. Everyone's building their capacity locally, and they are saying that they want a piece of that pie, and they know that the talent is here. So something is happening, right? Exactly. We're not keeping right, right. our college grads, but there's also another thing happening. We, Carnegie Mellon, they started an undergraduate degree in artificial intelligence. September will be their first undergraduate class. Very exciting. It is the first one in the world. It is so important. It is very, very exciting. All those students are going to be gobbled up pretty quickly. What are we doing here locally? To get engaged with those students, the minute that they're They're they put their foot on the ground, exactly, so that they understand the kinds of opportunities that are there. But the other thing is, is that not enough people are going into the kinds of jobs, the kinds of um, undergraduate Mm -hmm. degrees and graduate degrees that align with the opportunities for work. Okay, and
1: and but those change so quickly because sometimes it might take a couple years to get those skills, but in a couple years now.
3: Right. So it doesn't here's, align, so what here's do we do? Audrey's answer. Yeah,
1: what's your answer?
3: My answer is that we have people. Get an English degree. People,
1: <laughs> and beg. No, yes. you can
3: get an English degree, you yeah. can get a poli-sci degree, you right. can get a degree in communications and marketing. I right. don't care about okay. that. Okay. What I do care about is that you need to learn how to build something. You need to learn mm. how to build a company. Right. You need to learn how to start something. Right. Because if you think that you're just going to, you know, Makes the sense. jobs no, that are lot. huge demand are in math, are in science, are definitely in the harder areas. Not all of us are prepped to go into those arenas. Not all of us want to be in data science. Not no. all of us have a passion around some of those things. So my, my mm-hmm. view is yeah. how are we teaching people how to build the, the new economy? How to build their piece in the new economy. Exactly. And
1: if it's not an entire company, it's something that gets plugged into something. It gets plugged in. Take ownership. Not be a a drone. Right. Right. As far as How do you build that? Right.
3: And so, to me, that's the piece that's missing in the pipeline. And the pipeline and the development for that happens really early.
1: Well, who do you see anyone addressing that at all? I mean, I mean, I the universities.
3: Great universities are addressing it. They yeah. all have entrepreneurial programs. They're working hard. I mean, you know that the University of Pitt has been you know, wrestling with this over right. the years, and they're really doing a great job of trying to commercialize right. the technology that rests inside. But I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about people who are in some of these other degrees and these Absolutely. other avenues that don't lie under science, technology, engineering, and math.
1: It's complex.
3: And. But building, I mean, when, what's wrong with having an English undergrad or a, what, what did you do, poetry?
1: No. Jonathan journalism. has a degree in poetry. I do not have a degree in English. <laughs> He's a poet. I had an interest in poetry, <laughs> but then I didn't have an interest in being a professional waiter. So <laughs> I had an interest in but making money. Can you money. imagine if you right. went to school and that you yeah. had a
3: chance to figure out ways to build upon your ideas? Yeah. And, no, someone, I, and that you were wrapped around that and so that you knew. I so often a lot of other avenues for you.
1: If if I could have gone back 25 years ago, uh, man, yeah. So two things for me:
3: it's always about internships at the earliest stage possible. Right. At the earliest stage possible. That's pre and bringing different
1: mindsets in to expose and show and everything
3: like that. And learning how to build something.
1: And we're all on the hook to do this. All of us. Yes.
3: All of us. So that's, that's my time. story. I'm sticking to it. I love it, Audrey.
1: Good stuff, Thanks, man. everyone. Good stuff. So Stay today's show, us. Audrey- Yeah, what's going on? Got some cool companies stopping by. First off, Grey Matter and CNX team. I know. Uh,
3: love those Cool folks.
1: combination yeah. going on here where- you know, Gray Matter is analyzing all the data CNX produces. And
3: listen, Gray Matter Systems has been around for a long time. That's another one. 28 years 28 or something years, like yeah. that? And I, always,
1: I always think of this being like like a startup, but no. they're not. They're no. No. Jim absolutely
3: Gillespie not. had He's a vision been... early on. Right. Absolutely really cool.
1: So we also have the University of Pittsburgh, their Innovation Institute is talking by. They had a record mm. number of companies spun out last year, which Very we're going to talk about. proud of them. Love the fact they're just they're They've all... been
3: really working hard over these last few years. I have really two have. words
1: for them. Laser focused. They have been. Simple really as that and our good friend Dennis Rudd from New Horizons is stopping by I mean he's helping with the skills gap stuff PhD
3: from Robert Morris I
1: know I love it man love that what a good guy he's got a ton of fun Mm -hmm. I'm excited to have all these people stop by the show tonight Audrey always fun hosting the show with you telling these great stories and making Pittsburgh tick we're coming right back after this quick break this is Jonathan Kirsting and this is Audrey Russo learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by swinging on over to pghtech.org thanks so much it's Friday night bringing you Tech Vibe Radio too much fun. Hanging out with great people, Audrey. Every single Friday, we hang out with the cool kids <laughs> in Pittsburgh's technology sector, man. Simple as that.
3: Yes, we do. Yeah. And it is very nice to have Dennis Rudd back. Yeah.
2: Thank you very much. So
3: we're here to talk about some new things that are happening at New Horizons. New That's things at right. New Horizons. What's the website for New Horizons? Yeah, so website New we
2: is www.nhpittsburgh.com. Like New Horizons Pittsburgh. You got it. nhpittsburgh.com.
1: That's easy to remember. You're bringing tech skills to the people, man. Simple as that. Really important stuff.
3: So what are some of the new things? You have some new classes, new relationships that people should know about. We do,
2: we do. Interestingly enough, our, our title for our company may have computer learning centers in it, but we do a lot more than that. We're really proud of a new product we put out called the Center for Leadership and Development, It's a group of 26 courses that train individuals on professional development, leadership skills, interpersonal communications. And we're competing with companies like AMA or Carnegie Learning. And I think we have a really good product that's been doing well in the enterprise market in Pittsburgh.
3: Wow. Very cool. And so what kinds of skills will they learn?
2: Well, there's um, lots of classes focused on the development of um, virtual workforce we know that many people do work from home absolutely and man. managers are definitely not always skilled in working with a remote workforce yeah uh, so working. is
3: putting a camera in someone's home wrong to <laughs> do? It's,
2: it's not. It's not. It's um, oh <laughs> most, of, most of our meetings do require that you have a camera on you so that we know where you are and you're not on a beach somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah, we really do.
3: Oh, it's, it's pretty, you can it's pretty learn impressive. a lot at the
2: beach. You can. You can. They want you uh, at home suffering. <laughs> they also uh, teach a lot about multicultural. Uh, and diversity in in organizations, we have an influx of various uh, cultures in the Pittsburgh right. market, and we don't always understand how to interact with those cultures. Mm-hmm. We might be offensive in some way, you know. If you're Pittsburghers, broad... offensive? I can't possibly imagine no. that. <laughs> so courses like that that really cool. develop leadership and 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 uh, interpersonal skills that managers who get promoted don't always have.
3: That's cool. That's great. So there's been a demand to that. Then Absolute you, demand. You've also got a partnership. Oh, with it's Penn it's, State. It's
2: an amazing partnership. Yeah, tell yeah, us about this partnership. About this. this is a big deal. Man. It is We're a big deal. It's the Penn State uh, Beaver campus. I have the luxury of working with Dr. Deborah Roach, who is also from my alma mater at Robert Morris. We both got our PhDs there. Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah. So
2: we met at a picnic, and I said, I'm having so much trouble with, uh, please don't listen to this, but the Department of Education in Pennsylvania. Uh, we're a privately mm-hmm. licensed school. They don't always like to approve our programs. Right, right. So we had a wonderful idea to form a partnership with Penn State. We created three programs, Six Sigma, Cybersecurity, and Project Management, and I can't tell you they have been absolutely amazing. We're helping people get retrained yeah. on green belt, black belt. Such important skills too. We've, we've had three people go through the program and get six digit job uh, jobs when they're finished. Are just from getting the black belt certification. Just from getting the black wow. belt certification. It's an amazing, See, amazing.
1: Only in Pittsburgh we go to a picnic with someone that you got your PhD <laughs> with, right? And then saying, hey, I'm having this problem. Like, hey, we can work together on this. And you do. Yeah, and you're do. solving tough problems. And we're helping people get jobs. And you They're say, like, pass you have- the mayo because I need something on my sandwich that's here. Right, and then, right. you know, problem solved. That's right. Tasty sandwiches and, you know, skills for uh, people. A little beer occasionally, too. A little too. beer on little the side. That's Pittsburgh, too. Microbrewery, so gotta have All good. It. <laughs> good. No, that's,
2: that's fantastic. So how long did you spend that up with, with Penn State? That's about two and a half years we working on that partnership. We're really? going to be starting a cloud program as well. We've been okay. talking about AWS and Azure, obviously yeah, very popular. Definitely. Not just in our market but all around the world. Of course. yeah Very neat. So that's gonna be happening as well too.
4: Wow I,
1: I can't keep up with you. So, I can't either <laughs> talk about some of these
3: other programs that, that you have going on. Like some of the things like you have Help Desk Institute. You
2: yeah, we. Got to... I'm a volunteer for the Help Desk Institute, if you're not familiar with it and you're in ITSM at all. It's called HDI in certain it, circles, it right? It is called HDI, that's right. <laughs> I'm just that smart. And you are that smart. Well, <laughs> so done.
3: what does that mean?
2: Uh, well, what happens is um, as a volunteer for the organization, I'm co-VP of programs, and we promote eight different programs throughout the year at various companies in Pittsburgh to help train, collaborate, network with anybody that's in Help Desk. You know, Help Desk is the often you know uh, looked down upon no, no, I started part of an I
3: started my tech career in the I know desk. That they're always
2: they're always yelling at us when we call them on the phone though so that's that's kind of what happens sometimes so we like to give them training mm-hmm. to make sure that they get all the new technologies all the new leadership skills that they need to be successful mm-hmm. we're actually following in the footsteps of ptc we've been inspired by you and your tech 50 event yeah oh, next wow. year we're going to be doing a tech showcase right right, right. We're wow. trying to work with some local universities and any company that's building unique technology so great helping promote them. showcase it that's right, right. showcase it that's up. Awesome. so for 2019 you want to kind of
1: hopefully start that's right that
2: that's up. right and if you need that website that's www.hti mm-hmm. SteelCity.com. Steel City. I, I did, did say Steel City. Ah, We're Pittsburgh proud. I like so
3: that. You had a recent trip to Vegas.
2: I did, and it was not just for fun. There was more than just fun. I did focus and you focused and learn. for an hour, I right? For an hour, yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, the Microsoft Inspire event, mm-hmm. which uh, used to be called, uh, it was their partner event. There are about 30,000 people there. Just 30,000 people? What a people. small crowd. I know, yeah, it was geez. a small crowd. Only Vegas could handle that. Yeah. I know.
3: Yeah. Can and handle we handle 30,000 people? <laughs> it was Lord. really cool to
2: see Satya Nadala, the CEO of Microsoft, yeah. present about the current trends, yeah, the he's wonderful great. He's he's great. Yeah, what He's was your, amazing. What was your key takeaway from that? I think my key takeaway is to learn more about the intelligent edge and the intelligent cloud. Those huh. are the big buzzwords for Microsoft this year. What is the intelligent edge? It's interesting. Is it? well, we got to talk about the it intelligent sounds... clouds quickly okay. first. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. okay. Instead of humans going in and running all of these reports off of data, we build these algorithms mm-hmm. that look at the data, look for patterns and trends, and then output useful information. Is that like a bot on demand? Kind of like a bot on, on demand. Yeah. An intelligent edge is a newer edge is a newer term. That deals with the peripherals that are on the outside of the network. Obviously very important for edge. Pittsburgh. Right. On the edge. Okay. Manufacturing devices that are capturing all this data. What do you do with that data? How do you analyze it? Microsoft has a series of tools in Azure, um, you know, Power BI, uh, their analytics tools that are very powerful in generating information that's useful to companies. Our organization trains on those technologies. So it's a perfect fit for that evolution to happen and New Horizons to be on that training wagon.
3: Wow. What what aren't you doing? (laughs) So what's your call to action for people? Who should be listening to this radio segment and saying, boy, i got to jump in and share this information with who?
2: I think it's a really good question. I think both business to business, so anybody who's an enterprise organization, small, medium, or large. But people often forget that we train on the business to consumer. We work with TAA funding. We work with post 911 GI bills over veterans. Oh, wow. We do oh, um, WIOA right. training at the career offices. So, whether it's enterprise or business, or whether it's I've lost my job, my job has right. been outsourced, oh. and I right. need funding, right. I need, right. we can help them to get the mm-hmm. training. And
3: how do you help veterans?
2: Well, we put them through three of our programs that we have. There's a desktop technician program that we put them through to get A+, plus, Net+, and Security+. plus. Mm-hmm. We have an educational consultant that helps them transition from the military world into the business world, giving them ideas on... Uh, interview tips, suggestions on how you should dress, mm-hmm. how you should change your skills from the military world huh. and transition them into words that mean something to right, business right, right, managers. Really right. interesting. Yeah, we really do love working with veterans. My father's a retired army captain, very proud of that. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm all very, very happy to help any veteran who needs uh, so, training to get I back in the workforce. Awesome. You yeah.
1: get to have a lot awesome. of fun doing what you, you do. do. You and it shows you got fun. good. I smile a lot. It, <laughs> you do smile a lot, don't Absolutely you? Absolutely. So, so NHPittsburgh like There's so much going Going on there, you got to just soak in and see where it makes sense for you or people that you know, because you're really be able to fill those gaps in where those gaps need to be filled when it comes to skills and things like that. At you got level
2: So, yep. so glad you could hang out with us today. Dan. I'm very proud to be here, and I'm very yeah. pleased to uh, to see both of you again. Well, Likewise, always man. great
3: to see you. We'll
2: have to have you back on for an update. Absolutely. Because I know it's going to be a hundred more things you guys are spinning up. I don't know if I can talk all about that, you but probably I'll have a few more. I'll limit, more... I'll limit you... my list. I know, right? <laughs> you probably right? have a
1: few more picnics to go to this summer, you so it. you'll have more things being spun It's coming
2: out. in September. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll make another partnership with another university. Absolutely, man. I love it. Thanks for stopping out. This. Thank New Horizons, Pittsburgh. Go there.
1: Check them out. Great place to fill the, your skills gaps. Simple as that. So, yeah. Great work. So much more Tech Vibe Radio in front of us. So I can't much. hardly wait. I love so it. Fun. This keeps happening, keeps coming. All sorts of good stuff. We're taking a quick break. We are coming right back, I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsting.
3: And this is Audrey Russo. And we
1: are from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Or The last time I checked, Audrey, it's been 35 years now that the PTC has been helping tech companies succeed. We love it, man. We are here to make connections for people, help find talent, all the good stuff. So learn more about us at pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at PGHDeck. Too much fun hanging out on a Friday night, Audrey. I tell you what, this segment, it's going to be crazy. I'm looking forward to it. Are you? Well, I think
3: we should just jump in. You have some friends here. here You have some friends friends here. I know. Absolutely. We got these two groovy women that are driving some change in what some people might be surprised.
1: That's what I'm talking about. In
3: a some big companies, a company like CNX yeah. and Gray Matter. Yeah. So let's just jump in and let them both introduce themselves. Absolutely. Just say who they are, and what, what they, their role is.
1: What they do and all that kind of fun stuff.
5: Okay. So with CNX, I'm Andrea Passman. I'm the Vice President of Engineering and Development. And so uh, within our team, we have a group of people that work on all of the design of our wells and what we're going to be doing out there, drilling and fracking, and then we have another team, which is a relatively new team in the last year, which is all around data operations, uh-huh. which is why we're here today to talk with uh, Gray Matter about what we've done with them in terms of utilizing our data to really drive fundamental change in the company and take advantage of what we have and kind of take that to that next level. Very
1: cool.
0: Nice. So I am Carrie McEwen, and I am the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer. For gray matter. And what we do is we help take your operational data, which is the machines that are making things, making energy, um, cleaning water, and we take all of that data and make it more visible to you and help make your people smarter. And It makes it actionable, it. right? And mm-hmm.
3: so what kind yeah. of data might that be? So, so some people data, who are listening, they would go, what do you mean, what kind so of data? So if machines
0: are working or if they're not working, sometimes mm-hmm. it's helpful to know that at 3 a.m., They stopped working for three Mm -hmm. hours every night. Well, because your assets,
3: your assets at CNX are huge when you start thinking about some of this equipment.
5: Billions and billions of dollars in the
3: ground and out there in the
5: field. And and Gray Matter is helping us exactly do that, uh, figure out if they're, uh, up or down, and actually predicting before they even go down. Ah, so maximum right. operational capability out there.
1: So but how did you guys link up? I'm always curious when you have a big company like CNX, and we have kind of like a not a small company, oh. but 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 Gray Matters, you know, they're they're up and coming company doing their yeah. thing. And how did you how did you guys link I think up?
0: It's a Pittsburghers for Pittsburghers. Yeah, uh, uh, right? at
1: school, <laughs> at school. Okay. At CMU,
5: actually. Really? Even so, better yet, I love it. Uh, so I myself, being a petroleum engineer by background was going to CMU about two years ago to just get more up to speed. You know, in the petroleum industry, we've been building neural nets and using machine learning and using mm-hmm. advanced algorithms for quite some time. Right, right, right. But the language has changed quite a bit. You know, and in, in the evolution of R and Python and those skills, we see mm-hmm. people coming in the door with those skills but as a VP of a group, I really wanted to fundamentally understand how do we leverage this technology. Right. Right, right, right. So I went back to CMU to try to learn about that. Thank you, Carnegie Mellon, for helping me out. Awesome. And that's where I met Jim. Right. And, yeah. That's great. The founder of Gray Matter. Exactly. Gillespie, Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jim Jim and I met there. And that was sort of the budding relationship. And, you know, he was one of the people in the class that really just brought another level to mm-hmm. my knowledge and learning and so just reached out to him and said, hey, how do we take this to the next level? Nice. And that's when great. he told me about some other projects they had done in oil and gas. Mm-hmm. And then we had some specific case studies that we were looking at, and uh, that's where he got involved.
1: That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's a Pittsburgh great? story right there. Yes,
3: it so is. Then, so yes. that now let's move it. Let's unravel it a little bit just so that people can understand. So break it down. There might be people here who just don't understand. They're not petroleum engineers.
5: Yeah, so you know, in the case of uh, where we're at today with gray matter – what happens is every time a well goes down and it's not producing an MCF, a 1,000 cubic feet of gas coming out of the ground, that means we're not making any money, right. exactly. which is what we're in the business to do. You do. And so we wanted to be able to predict before a well shut in. When a well shuts in, the valve closes and no more gas comes out of the ground. And it can shut in for a myriad of reasons. Operationally, mm-hmm. the system is very complex mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And so when it does shut in, we start losing money. And so what we did was we reached out to Grey Matter and we said, Help us look at our massive amount of data, terabytes of data, and tell us if you can predict within two hours if a well goes down before it does.
1: So Jim was like, I have data to crunch. Yeah, totally.
5: And so what we did was we worked with their data scientists to try to understand and choose the algorithms that would let us predict when that occurred. Hmm. And we were targeting within a 50% of preventing wells from actually going down before they do, which is worth millions yeah, and millions of dollars say, to right. us Absolutely a year. Yeah, right. I'm not going to tell Gray Matter specifically because they'll raise the price on right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I totally get that. They're helping
1: you a little bit, right? It's a little bit. Right. It's a significant <laughs> yeah. change
5: in our business model, and then that has really allowed us to sort of start stepping out of the box even more and saying, where else in our business can we now predict? So, for example, when you're when you're performing a frac job. At some point, you can overpressure, and the reservoir or the ground won't take any more of that fluid. And at that point, you're shut down again, which that costs, every time that happens, that's $150,000 to us.
3: Holy smokes. Every single time. That could happen how many times a day? are we? Uh,
5: It's typically within a year. You see it a couple times within a year. But if you can prevent that, a lot of times it's just human error. Right Somebody not watching the nuances oh, right. in right. the data. Right. And so working with companies like Gray Matter that can do those predictive analytics right. and help us prevent that happening can save us that $150,000 right. dollars every time. Wow. And then the other great thing about Gray Matter is they're working with us to teach our own people how to utilize this technology.: yeah, I was going
3: to.: They're empowering right. you as well too.: and on So top Are of you it. helping people who have not necessarily the kind of background? That Andrea has? Because a lot of people, I mean, get intimidated by some of this. It
0: turns the operators into analysts because they're able to see everything on big dashboards. And so instead of there being an email, it kind of breaks the whole chain of command. Mm -hmm. There isn't really an overarching manager saying this, this, and this, and we just got word, this is a crisis. Now it opens the door for everyone to look at that data. Mm-hmm. And that's what empowers those people to make better decisions and sort of say, if we go this way, maybe maybe I could think of a new idea. And it helps them feel like they're right. part of Right. So for the first the time decision. for them,
3: they're seeing information that they never had access right. to as well. And that's so, a really big so part So they're of operating it. in the dark sometimes, right? Or well, yeah. reactive. Reactive Re- instead right. of proactive.
5: Right. Which definitely changes the tune because now instead of yeah. – Watching money go out the door, you're preventing it from every day. Exactly. And it
0: helps for people like you to be able to be more visionary and some of the higher level it it steps up that level too because if your operators become analysts then everybody moves up the chain mm-hmm. and all of a sudden this money that you're saving can fund innovation for
1: sure just reminding our listeners we are talking to andrew passman the vp of engineering and development at cnx and carrie McQueen, the cmo at gray matter a cool combination of companies coming together nice collision uh, so very nice collision like Andrea, just
3: for anyone listening how did you become Decide to become a petroleum engineer?
5: (laughs) So I grew up in Alaska in a gold mine. And uh, I decided. That's why you're so rich. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, I had this vision in my head of like Dallas where I was going to be riding around on my ranch with my horse and my oil rig in the background. Didn't quite work out that way. uh, But I did want to go into oil and gas being an Alaskan. And my grandfather had leases in the Cook Inlet. And so uh, Colorado School of Mines recruited me. I from Alaska. And uh, from there, I worked in Venezuela. I've worked in Malaysia. I've worked uh, in South America multiple times, all over the U.S. Eventually, I found myself going back for an MBA. And really, around 10 years ago is when the data thing actually really started happening huh. with unconventionals and shales. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's. As not... Marcel
1: spun up, right? That, yeah. Driving and,
5: that. and so I joined CNX formerly solve uh, four and a half years ago to really help transform the company and start really driving us towards that technology. And that's really what my role has been as a change agent, to bring us into this new Pittsburgh era, to really sort of recreate CNX in this startup era. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, Audrey, you and I have joked about unicorns. We're building unicorns. I know. Torn. I mean, we want engineers that are petroleum engineers and chemical engineers and geologists right. that have their technical discipline, that understand finance and what that means to the business. And then the third key is that data piece. And you would be amazed at the number of young professionals that are coming in already with R and Python skills. I know my alma mater, Colorado School of Mines, they integrate data analytics into the regular engineering program, just like CMU, just like a lot of the schools that are doing Mm -hmm. it out there. It's amazing.
3: And so looking for talent right now at CNX, are you?
5: Yeah, so we, uh, we actually are just graduating eight young engineers out of our rotation program. They have been taught uh, how to use R-solver. Some of them have some basic Python skills. We have uh, seven petroleum engineers and a chemical engineer graduating from that program. They're now looking for their first jobs inside the company. Most of are them they? have been placed. Yes, very excited about them. And then uh, as well, we'll start another program, so we're actively starting to recruit for that program again. And that program will kick off uh, in the spring of 2019. And so
3: if people nice. are interested, yeah. how do they find out about that?
5: On the website, they can go and apply for the program when it opens up. And uh, and we have a number of open positions always. But certainly when it comes to an analytics background, right. that's like a key up. Got to have right. that. Yep. So coming Absolutely.
3: from Alaska and all the different places that you've been, what's your take on Pittsburgh.
5: So, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Alaska have a lot of similarities in that uh, people We're here... cold like, in the wintertime? It's a little chilly. <laughs> so you laugh God. when uh, I first talked to CNX. They said, well, you'd be used to living here because, you know, you're from Alaska and it's really cold. And I, I said, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, really, I, I think what's great about Pittsburgh and certainly this city is how much it has welcomed me being an outsider. That's great. And yeah. uh, people here take care of people, which is no different from Alaska. And I will say, too, that um Alaskans care a lot about the environment Mm -hmm. and where they live and work, and being somebody that's been in oil and gas for 22 years, where I live and where I work is the same, and so we really want to do a good job making sure we're taking care of the environment and the communities around us, and CNX matches right up with those core values for me.
1: We've known you guys for years, and we know that is absolutely true, without a doubt. We've got about a minute left real fast with Gray Matter. People want to learn more about Gray Matter and how you help people crunch massive amounts of data.
0: That's to right. To get great
1: insights out of it.
0: Yeah, and that's, we're, it's part of the same thing. We're about what's moving the world right now, which is this tech-energy combination, right. tech and manufacturing, tech and water. Everyone wants to be a startup in their own company, mm-hmm. and you can do it. And we're here to tell you you can do it with a project, and you can start with a small piece, and then it grows into a whole new enterprise. And it's great
5: you. to have a local partner.
0: It Ooh. is great, right? I'm
1: just so happy you guys, like, linked up like this. <laughs> I think it's such and a great story. Are yeah. you hiring really Gray
0: Matter? It. Gray Matter is also, yeah. We're expanding. We just had an acquisition in Denver, so we're all over the country and Canada as well, but but we're expanding here rapidly. Great so, stuff. Awesome. So great. Yeah,
1: I'm taking a quick break. We're coming back. More Tech Vibrator. Thanks, guys, for hanging Thank out with you. us Thank and you. telling Thank this you. awesome story.
3: Thanks, Gary. Thank you so Fantastic much.
1: Fantastic stuff. This is Jonathan Kirsting.
3: And this is Audrey Rousseau. We're from
1: the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org, and then fly on over to Twitter at pghtech. I tell you right. what, I just love bringing the show every single Friday, Audrey, because we sometimes we have really good friends with, that hang out with us, true partners of the Tech Council, organizations that are really making Pittsburgh tick. Mm-hmm. And the University of Pittsburgh, I mean, is doing some amazing work these days without They have no been. Doubt. They totally have been. They've the, the, been
3: laser focused. Yes. So you can see it in some of the results. We, but we got these two guys in the office here. We do. Here. We call it our office. <laughs> yes. We call it our office. So we camp we out right you know. now. Yes. It is an office. Okay.
1: We have a secretary and everything. It's pretty fun. Just saying.
3: <laughs> Yeah, he just has to know it. Excuse me, where's my, where's my
4: coffee? We are being recorded. We are. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love it, man. We
1: love it. So we got. To, so let's just start with some introductions here. Let's start with you, Bob.
4: Bob Stein, Executive Director of the Institute for Entrepreneur Excellence. Excellent. And Mike? And
6: I'm Mike Yeomans. I'm uh, marketing communications at the Innovation Institute at the University of Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, so the two of you know each other, huh? A little bit. you, you hang with colleagues, time. I guess. Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah. You're on the same and softball team. And we know you team. too, both. As well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really cool. So the Innovation Institute, I mean, this thing has really put Pitt into overdrive over the past few years. I mean, so, so Mike, tell us about the Institute real quick and, and why it was created and what it's doing. And then we're going to talk about some really cool numbers. That sure. You guys so
6: are about, um, about uh, five years ago now, uh, we're coming up on our fifth anniversary, uh, the uh, provost, Patty Beeson, who, who's returning mm-hmm. to her faculty position yeah, here shortly after of a successful yeah. tenure. Right. She, uh, her and the other top administrators uh, decided that for the university to have a an even bigger impact for the, you know, huge amounts of research that flow through the university every year, up, upwards of $800 million.
1: $800 million bucks. Right. Whew.
6: Man. That's I'm a big sorry. number. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for, for that to have a, a real impact on people's lives. Right. That... Uh, the university needed to do a better job of getting that technology out of the university.
1: Into the marketplace. And into the marketplace. Start solving problems, saving
6: lives, all that kind of good stuff. Precisely. So that was the, the intent behind the formation of the Innovation Institute. So that brought uh, together s- several different uh, uh, offices on the campus, including uh, Bob's Institute for Entrepreneurial Excellence, right. uh, as well as our Office of Technology Management, which handles the intellectual property, you know, patenting and, and that sort of thing. And our uh, Office of Enterprise Development, which uh, is responsible for trying to spin out uh, companies, uh, so those those were all brought under the the, the roof of not the to mention
4: system. the student entrepreneurship
1: side of exactly. things. We exactly. hold that all up there yeah. too. So it gets everybody rowing that boat in that same direction, and that is getting technology, getting research off the bench mm-hmm. into the marketplace.
3: So so it's been a, an incredible year. Obviously, it's been a journey, and uh, you know you're going to do even better next year, I'm sure, but what t- can you talk about any patterns on the companies? Can you talk about anything that um can tell us what some trends might be
6: well you know uh we're, Pitt is obviously very strong in the life sciences right. so uh th- you know the the trends are you know to you know you know we launched uh the immune transplant and uh therapy center this year at right. Pitt, uh which oh, right. you know focuses on our hi- historic strength mm-hmm. right, right. And, uh, you know, dating back to the the polio vaccine and Jonas Salk and the uh, uh, Dr. Starzl and organ transplantation, well, that continues uh, at Pitt. Can you believe it?
3: It's really amazing, isn't it, that work? I mean, I know even Pitt led the, um, leads that work, like in tissue regeneration and, and heart and et cetera. But a lot of this innovation is still the gift that keeps on giving. There's still more things that are coming out as a result of their legacy work.
6: Yeah, I mean, the, the the faculty and students there today continue to build on that legacy with new immunotherapies and right. seeking, seeking new ways to treat uh, cancer and autoimmune diseases. Uh, and as you said, uh, tissue regeneration. We have this really cool company that spun out this year called Ligenesis, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, uh, one of our faculty uh, discovered that if you uh, transplant uh, uh, liver cells into the lymph nodes, the lymph nodes basically act as a bioreactor and, and can create little mini-livers inside the Amazing. lymph nodes. Wow. Inside See, that's, the liver or that's inside the lymph nodes? Inside, inside the lymph, lymph nodes? nodes, so yeah. like
3: you're just full of liver?
6: Exactly. So if, you, if, if you're somebody who has a... good liver. Chopped liver. If you're, <laughs> if you're, liver. <laughs> if you're somebody yeah. who has
3: Someone, a... So when I say Jonathan's chopped liver. <laughs> like,
6: yeah. Yes, literally. It's in my <laughs> lymph nodes and everything. Right, it's in your armpit and your <laughs> stomach, wherever. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> so so that- if you have a bad liver, there's other ways to have cl- the cleansing and functioning because they call the liver the king of your organs right so right? yeah
6: what this what uh, dr Legas discovered was if uh, yeah you can grow functional liver tissue so if you have a failing liver and you can't get it and you you're not able to get a transplant right uh, or you're on a list what do you think uh, you, you can is br- it working now it's a, well he's it up- done it in mice and he's done it in pigs wow. uh, now it the, the the company that's now spun out is is uh, on its way to uh, Getting Even an trials? FDA uh, clearance and, to start right. trials and people hopefully next year. Right. So
1: Mike,
3: wow, that's so, so crazy. So Mike, right? that's
1: just one though of that's 23 just, companies know, that you I'm spun saying. out setting this record for you guys. So yeah. The previous year was like 15 or something like that. And, and so,
3: what are any of these companies also in materials? Because the, like any material science, can you think of any there? Well, like, I, I know we have now? some, but off the top, that's of that's fine. My yeah. head, I'm not yeah. trying yeah. to put you on yeah. on the spot. It's just exciting. I just get jazzed by this kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, Pittsburgh has been lagging, despite the amazing research that's going on behind the walls, that they've been lagging in terms of commercializing it. So who, and for a myriad of reasons, it's certainly not the University of Pitt's fault at all. It's really about, like, sort of creating this entrepreneurial capability that inside the university. And that's some of the work that both of you do. When you go to from, make happen. Yeah. so is it students that are taking this technology is it faculty that Fa-
4: are- faculty or are, are, you know using their research dollars and then they're uh, taking that research we're mm-hmm. forming the IP with the university and then we're releasing them into the world
3: because there's been some cool successes from pitt in students that have taken ideas and, and sort of brought it yeah the world so well. uh, that
6: that's as Bob pointed out earlier, uh, student on- entrepreneurship is one of our, the missions uh, right. encapsulated within the Innovation Institute. And this year, uh, we uh, launched what's called the Big Idea Center for right. Student Entrepreneurship. And thank yeah. you to the Randall
3: yeah, family. Yeah, $2 million right? dollar Two gift right? over four exactly. years. That's so fantastic. Great.
1: great way to get that
4: primed up. Huh? Yeah, so it was uh, our 11th year in doing the competition. Uh, yeah,
6: this right? is I mean, fantastic. Yeah. So he, he, the family's already given a million dollars over the past ten years to sponsor the competition. Now they're sort of doubling down on their investment. Great. They're yeah, like, awesome. they're liking what they're seeing, and and they're seeing results. Create more. In exactly. fact, we have one one of the startups this year. The the one that actually won this year's the top twenty five thousand dollar prize in the Randall family competition. Uh, now has gone on to Y Combinator, which I'm I'm sure you're yeah, probably familiar with. Level, so yeah. One of the one of the top accelerators in the country. So it goes to show. And for the first time, we had two companies, including Four Growers, that uh, were in, uh, accepted into the Rice Business Plan Competition, which oh, is the yeah. most prestigious exactly. uh, business plan competition in the country. So great, wow, great stuff on that side of the equation. Mm-hmm. So if people want
1: to learn. If people want to learn more about this. From to remind our listeners, we were talking to Bob Stein and Mike Yeomans from the University of Pittsburgh, the Innovation Center, the uh, Center for Entrepreneurship. If people want to learn more, where can they go and start checking out the Institute, the Center for uh, Entrepreneurship? They're an
4: entrepreneur, a small business owner. Visit us at entrepreneur.pit.edu. Okay.
6: And for the Innovation Institute writ large, it's innovation.pit.edu. And so
3: what else do you want? We have a few more minutes, Absolutely, right? of course. So, you know, we get proud, obviously, because in our world we get very excited by the work that you're doing. What kinds of other things might you share that people would be surprised about?
4: Well, you know, I think from on the economic development side of things, we're, you know, the the city is really excited about some of these big technology giants that come in, Uber, Google, mm-hmm. uh, possibly Amazon. But what I think the town is forgetting is that we have all these traditional closely held family businesses that are really the glue putting mm-hmm. all this the together. Great point. Very good point. And if, if they are not successful, right. these Main Street businesses aren't successful, then these big technology players aren't going to come. Right. And so the trend recently is that the the economy as a whole is rising not only the big guys but the little right. businesses the small guys as well too. Well, yeah. You know
3: the Kaufman report from last year released that we were doing terrible. Always trashes of, us. No, but it's, it's, they did a good thing. They did one good yeah. thing so they trashed us on entrepreneur sort of startup world, yeah. you know, whatever were 40 out are. of 40 I think yeah, or something yeah. like that. And you know we brought the researchers in and talked to them. I yeah, know, Remember. Right. But the flip side, like six months later, they, they ranked us like number 16 in small businesses, meaning meaning that – no, not 16. How like long they Maybe last, like right? number four. Yeah. And that number – Longevity. Longevity of companies that are 50 mm-hmm. and below – who are very much the main street businesses, that Pittsburgh is a highly desirable place yeah. to do business. Well, the
4: cost of living's low. Pittsburgh is a big, small town. And th- there are organizations like the Tech Council, like Calus Connection, like the IE and the well, Innovation no, but is, is, really what they're saying them. is
3: in your space, in particular, is that family-run businesses where people can have great businesses. They can have yeah. great yeah. lives and great businesses. Definitely. This is a desirable place. to. Not everyone wants to be a unicorn. Not everyone's going to be a unicorn. Right. Not every one of these companies that come out. So that was my point yeah. to your work, that there are families and there are people doing this Family kind of work. Business is very and the flips the report. Because I called them after the report. I go, you researchers know what you're talking about. You we stunk <laughs> in entrepreneurship. And now we're like one of the top yeah. four in terms of small businesses. And they said the proliferation of families, small businesses... Is uh, it's a desirable outcome. It takes all of us to become, yeah. you know, an important place.
4: Pittsburghers are loyal. We like our we, we're loyal to our businesses that we've done business with for a long time, and mm-hmm. that 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 uh, proves it. Absolutely. So, Got are
3: it. you seeing any any trends now in terms of time? with family businesses that people in terms of succession planning? Can you talk a little it's, bit about it's that? It's important.
4: I mean, uh, you know, we, we're seeing the fourth, fifth generations of these long-time businesses come mm-hmm. in. IE plays a big role in helping plan that right. out five, ten, five to ten years in advance of when that right. actually needs to happen.
1: I so. love it. Right. We've got about a minute or so left. Just School's coming back in session before we know it. It's going to be the end of August. What's happening at the Institute as students come back? What are some programs that are going to be happening? So Fun yeah, like
6: that. yeah, we're going to hit the ground running immediately. I mean, we we have for, for our internal folks, we have workshops on uh, commercializing their technology. We have classes for the students. We're having this cool partnership with IBM. Uh, they're they're going to sponsor uh, okay. it. It's called Blue Hack. Yeah. So they're gonna, Oh, cool. Yeah, they're going to come in and, and and talk to our students uh, about uh, uh, innovation in the in, you know in in the uh, in in the sort of the cloud computing Internet of Things well, space. And, we have Disney Institute
4: come on September thirteenth. Teaching leadership excellence. Yep, very cool. I'm so excited. Glad you you guys. Thank you for the work. Thank you. you Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thanks for lovely office.
1: We want regular (laughs) updates. I'm glad you came to the office. We try to make it comfortable for everybody as far as that goes. But another tech vibe under the belt. Uh, Summer I feel like is like vanishing. It's like ridiculous, but we're having too much of a good time. Drink your margaritas now. Yeah. Hey, we're ready to go. As <laughs> <Okay. laughs> simple as Thank that. Thank you. Anyhow, learn more about the Tech Council at going, by going to uh, pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at PGH Tech. So many great stories going on out there. Keep up with us every single Friday here at 7 o'clock. This is Jonathan Kirsting.
3: And this is Audrey Russo.
1: Have a great weekend, everyone.